Hello and welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense, the podcast from Shieldwall Productions where we talk about anything and everything generally nerdy, hence the name. And on this episode we have myself, John. And Jacob. And keeping in theme with the tabletop role-playing theme that we've been on for a good long while in this particular series, uh, we are visiting a what makes a good blank yep. section. Because we've done what makes a good uh, GM, what makes a good party. party, what makes a good character, what makes yep. a good story. But what makes a good role play? Yeah, and I mean, how do you role play properly? Because there is a, there, there are do's and don'ts. There yeah. are rise and wrong. There is a wrong, right and wrong. There are right and wrong ways to do it. And funny enough, for you know, a game series we've been on, which is literally RPG, the first two letters we have not covered. Role playing game. We've got yeah, a little bit because yeah. you know we cover you know what makes a good interesting character in terms of alignment and all that yeah. sort of thing. But we again we. So, in that episode, we said, you know, this will probably be the first of many because there's a lot to talk about in that particular regard with two characters and role-playing, specifically. Because yeah. we talked about what makes just a good character concept, how to build an interesting character, because there's many different ways. And I'm sure we'll touch on that again at some point in the future because we're yeah. only scratching the surface because it's such a broad topic. And sorry, not, it's not broad, such a deep topic. But we're talking about now what makes the do's and don'ts of you. Okay, now you've got a character that you've made and fleshed out. How do you do How do you play role play yeah that character properly because you have a character you're in a world your gm is presumably you know making everything for you you've gotten your party together but how do you sit down and play as your character yes and i will lead off because we actually sat down and wrote notes and talking yeah. points and thoughts on this rather than it's winging funny. it this this uh this series in general like is one the most the few... thoughtful we've ever yeah. done because <laughs> it is something important and it does really help a person play a role-playing game. And improve the experience yeah. by leaps and bounds. And I will actually lead into this because on my little notes, um, as far as, so you've got your character, all fleshed out, real proud of it, shiny, brand spanking new. Okay. Because we touched on this in the character, you know, think and act and react as slash in character, sure. Yeah. So, okay. What is it? What is it? Got it on my notes. Oh, Yeah. Just because you play you play in the world, your character lives in it. Yeah. So when you're playing your character, play as if you're living in that world, not just playing it. Yeah. Live in the world. Your live decisions the- should be affected by what your character has gone through. What would your character do in that situation? Focus on character motives, not players. Because yeah. there is a difference. And and that's a big topic. It's metagaming. Is... Yeah, I actually had not That's a sub tuck yeah. in my notes as well. But we'll get into that in a second. Because, you know, focus on player over... Your character over player motives, because sometimes the two can go hand in hand, sure. Yeah. Going to the common goal of defeating Big Bad or completing the quest, getting the magical MacGuffin, whatever. But your character can still have their own personal motives beyond that. Yeah. Um, Your former character, Vaz, is a good example. Yeah. He wasn't in it for the accolades and to overthrow... He wasn't in there for any lofty reasons. He just wanted to make some money. And sometimes, you know, just like in real life, you'll find people who don't care about anything, but they're just there at the job to make money. They're there because they got they're bills tra- to pay. They'd rather be somewhere else. But they signed the contract, so here they are. Yeah. And because they signed the contract, they are presumably, depending on your character, some might be consummate professionals, some might be uh, playing a little fast and loose on what that contract requires them to do. Yeah, and I mean, you'll get that anywhere you go. I mean, just, I mean, I, hell, like, Go to any store and you'll find at least one employee who's working there just to get his money, go home, have a beer, 
And yeah, they're not buying. They're not drinking the company Kool Aid as far as just like, oh, who super, you know, thanks for coming to the store. Super happy smile. I like those people, not those people drinking the corporate Kool Aid. I like the ones who you, they are clearly there just for the paycheck, and just they give the shittiest customer service. I appreciate that. I like that because it's honest. Yeah, because you cannot hire someone in a retail position. And then also stipulate that they have to pretend to give a shit. Yeah. They're there. They're doing the job. They're fulfilling their contractual obligation as an employee by doing their job. You can't then also stipulate that they have to pretend to give a shit. Yeah. And if they do, that's either the sign of a liar or a moron. Yeah. Thank you, David Mitchell, British comedian, because he pointed that out as far as why customers are so bad. And it's like, no, he's got a good point. People are shitty. Their customers are job. Like, I'll take it. That's honest. And, and the only people who actually enjoy that as a customer experience are people who are either, you know, idiots or sadists. <laughs> yes. And your character can do that, too. The yeah. whole, like, I'm here because I signed a piece of paper without reading the fine print. Yeah. I mean, look at the doctor. The doctor doesn't really give a shit about anything in the party. He just wants to practice medicine. So when he doesn't get to practice medicine, he's sitting there like a toddler who is bored out of his mind. Because mm-hmm. you've all been there, you know, when you when you go out with your friends and, you know, they, like, you know, you, you want to go to that games workshop in a mall, but they were like, oh, let's stop here first. And you're just like, oh, yeah, uh, please. I just, I just want to go to the mall. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, okay, I'm here because it's sad I'd be here. I'm not going to wander off. Yeah. So, mm. it's it's important for, and, and this kind of leads into a great point, your character should have goals. Yes. I mean, there's the overall party goal. Yeah. But then your character can have their own personal goal. Yeah. And sometimes those goals might differ, and that might, you know, make some for, make for some interesting role play. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't openly try to derail the party. Right. Because nobody likes that unless, you know, this is some great revenge story. But in general, you know, you should try for as few, you know, party casualties as possible for like their goals and stuff you shouldn't right. openly try to destroy them but your character should have a reason why he wants to be in the party why he should continue being in the party mm. because you know if his goals are you know i want to go north and the entire party is going deeper deeper south there should be a good reason why he's staying with the party right maybe because he's broke and you know it's like well shit i keep going into into adventures with them and it keeps paying out so i guess i'll just i'll stick around for now and and you or it doesn't need to yeah. be monetarily you know because your your character can have quirks and stuff like that and we'll get to that yeah. in a second but it could be you know it's like i you know i really you know i want to go north part of going south but i really want to go north but damn it all i'm kind of attached to these weirdos now yeah have one so, of those friendships where it's like i hate all of you but i hate all of you far less than i hate everyone else mm-hmm it's like, oh, that's kind of sweet in its own way, I guess. It's kind of oddly endearing. Right, and on the note of quirks, because that's, that's a like way of, you know, quirks and flaws, they add flavor. Yeah. So, apply as such. Because you throw in too many quirks and flaws, okay, I mean... You end up like the party member from Boss's campaign, where nobody really wants to see you live. Right, because you had too many quirks and flaws. There's too much going on. You're think too much. much you're think too much baggage for the party. Not even that. Just think of it in terms of flavor. Like, like you're cooking. You don't add too many flavors because then they just start canceling each other out, and it just like it just turns into a mess of just too much going on. Yeah. Refine and hone and focus into a specific dish. Yeah. 
you don't want a you know cinnamon oatmeal chocolate chip cookie there's a lot going on there yeah with a little bit of like ginger in it a lot going on yeah there. You, you just want to you want to be that snickerdoodle right sure <laughs> i don't know if that was that was necessary but it, it added emphasis right <laughs> anyway but floss are a big part of your character um yes. uh, I always give the example of nobody likes that immortal kid when you're playing outside with sticks who can't die. No or... one likes Superman. Yeah. Superman's boring. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that the Superman movies since, what was it, like Superman 2, haven't done particularly well. Most recent Superman yeah. movies. Because the cool origin story, but it doesn't matter because, A, we're tired of Superman's origin story. We know. And also, Superman's fucking boring. He can only be harmed by one particular rock. Yeah. That, that is fucking rare. But why do people love Batman? Because... He's fucking traumatized. Yeah. He's damaged as hell. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Because, I, I guess it's, you know, for for people, we, we know that everyone has flaws. There's never someone perfect. You know, the perfect people you see are usually more fucked up than the rest. Look mm -hmm. at... Me, for example. <laughs> I mean, continuing <laughs> to go on the example of, like, uh, Batman, even his his real-world character, he's perfect, but that's, you know, the more perfect you are, you can tell that they have more, more fucked-up backstory. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Like, nobody gets to where they are without having a little bit of damage. Right. You know? You, you, you don't... Well, I do, because I'm perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's just objectively not true at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. You're living on monster. That sounds pretty perfect to me. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, sir. Takes a sip of monster. I literally am. Fucking fight me. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, but, you know, have flaws for your character. You know, it can be as simple as, you know... Your party, your your character has a phobia of something, right? To as deep as you know, your character doesn't have attachment, or even just something that like is so common, yeah, so mundane, but it's still a flaw. Like they're just terrified of large bodies of open water. No, that's a phobia. Because I guarantee you, your demon like, well, it's funny you should mention that, because you need to go to a different part of the world, and the only way there quickly. Expedi expeditiously uh, is by sailing over a large ocean. But for the love of God, don't choose OCD in a Dark Heresy campaign. No. OCD for cleanliness, at least. No. It can be OCD for stacking skulls. That's kind of par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, think about your flaws before mm. you go in. It, because, you know, you can have a flaw, but it could be absolutely crippling to you, which is, I mean, if you like that, if you're, you know, a sadist, uh, a masochist, and, you know, you're you're fine with, you know, all of that. Depends on the flaw, because yeah. it can be both, depending on the flaw. Because it can also be hilarious. Because it can be masochistic to your character and also sadistic to your party, because if it's crippling enough and it's common enough, oh boy. Yeah. I was like, listen, that might be my flaw, but it's going to be all of your problems forever. <laughs> and I like systems that reward you for having flaws. Yeah. Um, Shadowrun is a great one that comes to mind. Yes. 
to get positive, like to get more positive traits, you have to take negative ones. Mm -hmm. So like addiction. Right. I like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, if, if you want to get that extra good, you know, be that sniper, mm -hmm. you might have to have a crippling, have crippling alcoholism. Make your hands nice and steady. Yep. And there's, then you just aim for the middle one. <laughs> if Depending I on how crippling that alcoholism is. Yeah. So, you know, have, have a well-rounded character. Have, you know, good traits, have bad traits. Because it's easier to play. It, it adds a lot of depth. Because you can have a character that, you know, that's one inch deep and two miles long. Or you can have a character that's, you know, ten miles deep and one inch wide sort of thing. Sure. I mean, I mean it's, it's all how you want to play your character. And there's no bad way because there you can make a superman character who by being a superman character has flaws like for one he just thinks he's a perfect you know person he's just an asshole hi <laughs> or you know you could have that character who has a lot more on him and it makes him rounded because he has a lot more on him if that makes any sense yeah I was trying to think of a fat joke, but I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you got a little. I got a lot of it. <laughs> there we but are. With, there it is. But as far as, you know, the flaws and whatever, your motives, justify your character actions and motives and flaws and, of course, whatever, as such in character. Not as the player, but justify them as your character when they become appropriate. Yeah. Don't just like, well, my character is, you know, like this, whatever. No. When you're pressed for explanation about why you did this or, you know, what this blah, whatever. Explain it in character. Yeah. Not for your character. In character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, have your character explain why they're doing something as opposed to you trying to come up with a reason to, for why, you know, your motive would work for your character. Mm -hmm. And that's that comes into a big point I made is, you know, don't roleplay yourself, roleplay your character. Yes. Because a lot of people will end up doing what they would do as that person but you should do what you know what that person would do with you controlling them right that kind of ties into the whole you know the thought that i had just because you're fearless because you're playing a character doesn't mean your character's fearless yep like last time i wrote which was years and years ago when i left you know took leave of that party the last end of that session we just come across a blue fucking dragon who had just said that we'd killed her babies uh, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Need the mage in the groin because I didn't like wizards or mages or magic of any kind. So I figured, eh. your sacrifice is not being made. And you fucking ran. Remember, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the slowest part. Yeah, you don't have to be the fastest, just not slowest. It's like that person is, uh, is his 20 good, uh, 22 good pistol for self-defense for a bear. Well, I mean, if, yeah, it, was, it worked great. I was running out with a friend in the woods. We're on a great hike. Bear chased us. I shot him in the kneecap, and I got out. It worked great. Mm-hmm. Because what's so, important is that you survive. Yeah. And I could be a character quirk. <laughs> Very true. Or another character quirk could be, you know, that you just want your party to survive. Yeah. You all, you, you all probably know that grizzled sergeant story from Vietnam where, you know, he's lost a lot of squads and he was like you know what this is i'm not losing anyone mm. i can't live with myself if i lose anyone you're all going home yeah alive so 
there's there's a lot of great ways to roleplay that character. But sorry to, I think we kind of went on a tangent from what you were talking about. But welcome to Shield Wall, yeah. Jacob. But back on that subject is, you know, with fear. Yeah. Because you're you're cognizant you're playing a character and can play a little fast and loose with how you appropriately react to fearful and terrifying situations. Doesn't mean your character is aware of this. Yeah. Remember, they live in the world, so you should be playing as such. Your character should presumably have a little bit of sense of self-preservation. Your character's allowed to be afraid. I mean, think about how you would be in that situation. You know, you at the end of the day, if, you know, there's a giant monster wanting to kill you, you kind of want to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as ed edgy as you, you might think of yourself, most people, when placed in a situation where there's a Aren't lot of Aren't going to rip their shirt open and just go, bring it on, asshole! They're going to be pissing themselves in the corner or behind a tree in a shrub, whatever. Mm -hmm. No, those people do exist. They're very fucking rare. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, they just have complete apathy and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. They, they pull an Elanis Pius. Today, Oh, I thought I... you were talking about the other kind of person, the one pissing themselves in the tree or, oh. or whatever. That yeah. was the high. No. We, we all get your self-deprecation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, there are other people who are just like, you know what? Not today. Yep. Some people are just like, they've been pushed so far in their life that they're, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not giving a shit anymore. I don't want lunch. I want breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> bring me all of your eggs and bacon. I think... You heard. I think I know what you heard, which is bring me a lot. I said all. No, the what I the reference I was making from a movie called Falling Down. Mm -hmm. I've only ever seen clips of it. It just of this guy who's just having a fucking day where he's having none of it. He goes to get some food at a fast food joint. Mm -hmm. He wants breakfast. It's eleven. It's ten thirty. Breakfast is technically over. It's like no, listen, we can see every lunch. He's like, I don't want lunch. I want breakfast. He's like, yeah. And the guy's like, listen, pal, I'm really sorry. He's like. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, too. And he pulls out a gun. <laughs> he's like, I want breakfast. <laughs> and then he fucking holds the place up. He's like, okay, can you know what? He's like, okay, okay, Jesus. And he's like, then he'll start making him this breakfast. He's like, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've changed my mind. I will, I'll, uh, I'll have lunch. He just orders a burger and whatever. And they bring it to him. He's like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Oops, he opens it up. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about. You see this big, juicy burger on the mm -hmm. menu in here? It's just a sad pile of crap. And we're just like, oh, God. <laughs> he's just having none of it. We're just like, you know what? No, I don't want lunch. It's <laughs> I, I'm I'm just imagining that as have you? Did and he's you wearing business this, casual. Did you ever watch the Simpsons? There's the episode. You'll where, have to be more specific. Okay, yes. The answer is yes. Jacob. There's the episode where Ned Flanders' kid is sitting there and he's like, "I don't want any damn vegetables." Like the really mm -hmm. one of his like ta uh, Todd and Howard. Yeah, Rod and Todd. Rod and Todd. There we mm -hmm. go. He's just sitting there. and He's like, "I don't want any." damn vegetables <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know and that's something to keep in mind too kind of rolling right into you know your character, character can have a have breaking a, point yeah breaking point because and they can have manifest in a number of ways they can either just you know what not today i'm not taking this shit today and they can go from you know kind of reserved calm collected whatever and just you know what fuck you or they can just break yeah it's like no, I'm fucking tired. Take I'm so tired of this shit. This, I'm done. I like how Darkest Dungeon did it. Because mm. you have a stress level. Once it gets to 100... You turn you're to me. Well, no. So, <laughs> once, once you turn to 100, you maybe have, like, a 10% chance that you come out of that 
like the character gets a positive trait they they took so much shit that they just went so off the bar that they became heroic hi or 90 percent of the time they get like masochistic or fearful or so mm. you know kind of plan for you know if your character gets pushed that far where are they gonna go where what does their breaking point entail yeah and if you're not sure leave it up to the gm yeah or or to the dice if, if, if you're feeling fucking brave <laughs> you leave it up to the dice yeah Friendly reminder, the dice just want to tell the most interesting story. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, your its most interesting story isn't your most interesting story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, if you really can't decide, roll for it. Yeah. I mean, I there are so many times where the DM's like, you don't have to roll for that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I can't decide. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, when you feel like you're going to influence your character by role-playing one way or another that's not that's not how they would act roll for it mm -hmm. just that moment of just just one of those kind of uh character character development milestones that just like just happens yeah like when Voss got shit-faced drunk mm -hmm. I, I made a lot of rolls that night yes you did because i was like <laughs> I a lot have, of things happened. i have no clue how Voss would get like how would he would help in this battle so i got him shit face drunk and i let the dice decide and boy did they yeah boy did they that's another big thing if you if you don't think your character can get around something how would your character on alcohol get around something <laughs> god yeah liquid courage yes sometimes 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 though on the note of reacting and acting to things also important to note in terms of role playing Hey, combat doesn't always have to be a solution. No. Like, it, it's definitely an op... It, well, it doesn't have to always even be an option, either. You, If, if you have a good GM... It's a thing you can do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily always mean that it's a thing that you should do. If you have a good GM, the GM will realize that a lot of the NPCs want to get home at the end of the day, too. <laughs> they, they don't want to just fight to be big bads they a lot of the npcs the gm has or at least for me right my my npcs a lot they want to live yeah <laughs> i want to live cues mm. wilhelm scream <laughs> mm -hmm. but you know i will always give well not always but a lot of the time i will give the non-violent option if they're against other humans. Right. So in Dark Heresy, you know, if you're fighting Xenos or fucking some heretics, a lot of the time they're so far gone. But if they're fighting just normal fucking bad guys, those bad guys... Just gangers, whatever. Yeah, they're probably there to make money because, you know, they have like 12 kids in their family. They might have crippling alcoholism and just want to get home and get another drink. They have their own reasons for being in that part of the gang and, you know... Some of them might not might be bad reasons, and some of them might just be like, "This is the only way I could survive in a hive world." Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and in terms of any G potential or just GMs listening and how they want to encourage good role play, reward the nonviolent solution. Yeah, uh, one of my buddies was playing in a Dark Heresy campaign, and they went through like a couple of straight hours of like. Lots of roleplay dialogue, talking, talking their way through, because they're undercover as heretics to infiltrate to get information. A lot of, you know, dialogue, and then rolling for bluffing, just like, you know, talking their way through. Super stressful, super tense. And they get through it, 
on the side without firing a shot, without blowing their cover, whatever. You know, they get back on the street and GM's like, guys, just want to take a second. I'm really proud of you because at the beginning of this campaign, the first sign of like a little bit of resistance of people of them not believing you, you would have just started shooting and grabbed whatever information wasn't, you know, was written down or whatever. But you talked your way through it, kept you cool. And there's a lot of things where I thought you guys were going to snap and just pull guns, but you didn't. I'm really proud of you. So, you know, good job. You know, I'm going to give you some extra XP at the end. Of, you know, here's, here's, here's additionally some extra XP mm -hmm. just to show that, you know, you guys did something completely out of character. But not, but also in character. Yeah. Out of character for you as people, but in character for you as characters. I'm proud of you. Here's some extra XP just right now before the session ends. Like, okay, cool. And because he thought they'd grown as characters, a passerby sees them and called one of them a filthy heretic. They'd just spent two, three hours in very uh, tense situations. They're now out of that tense situation, so one of them draws a pistol and shoots the guy. Broad daylight. The Arbites get involved. And that was the end of that party. <laughs> Uh, and he's just like, and the GM's like, damn it! <laughs> God damn it! But, I mean, typically, like, I will give XP based on mission, not on combat. Yeah. Like, you, combat can be part of the mission, but it's, yeah. at the end of the day, how you end the mission. Because, you know, and, and also, like, sometimes, I, I don't ever let players know whether or not they need to be, you know, tactical or whether or not they need to be civil and uh tactical political. Or political yeah yeah and if they are com if they do combat they might very well cut off their only lead right and that's that's a roadblock i will put up i'm not afraid dev you know you killed the only person you needed to live cross your arms and close off the plot until they find another one on their own exactly <laughs> yeah because that's how real life is mm-hmm and, I mean, granted, there's RPGs are a bit of escapism, but, you know, just like RPGs, and, I mean, just like real life, you know, RPGs will have... Consequences. Consequences. <laughs> they, they should. Right. And, you know, it should operate a little bit with, like, real life, because what do we know best? Real life. Right. The world has rules. Yeah. So it should stand to reason that the RPG world also has rules. Yeah. I, I, I think it was the newest... Remember, your character lives in that world. I think it was the newest D&D 5th ad that had something in there that really pissed off a lot of players. Really? Which was, at the end of the day, your GM should... Uh, should a canon should change the rules to make it more fun for the party. Mm -hmm. And people were like, I want my rules! I want to break the meta! They want to play by letter rather than spirit. Yeah. And now, and I have to applaud Fifth Ed. Well, it's also important to note that you find the right group who just wants to play letter rather than spirit. They will have a blast together. Yeah. You find the run enough people enough people who want to just play by the written letter of the rules rather than the spirit, yeah. and just play I mean, like just all rules oriented. That's fine. Yeah. That that's a way to play to tabletop role play. You just got to find the right group for it. Because if you don't find the right group and there's and everyone just wants to play by spirit of the rules with the little, you know, you know they'll go by the letter, but the if it does, if the spirit together, but if the letter doesn't really go with the spirit of things, they'll go with the spirit. But if you go someone just no, the rules say this and this and it's like, hey buddy, look up. Why? Because rocks has fallen. <laughs> it's it's like if you put a 40k tournament player in a friendly game, and the person you know is just having fun, it's probably not going to end up too fun. But if you put a you know tournament gamer in a tournament they're gonna have fun 
Because they're playing against like-minded individuals, no matter what Austin says. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that is a really important thing to kind of keep in mind. Another another one is, like everything in life, practice. Yeah. That it's, it's such a, oh, duh, I mean, I, you know, if I practice at anything, I'm going to get good. But really do practice. Right. Because... Not just it role playing, but thinking as your character. Yeah, because it's not going to come overnight. No. There are people who have great skill, but it still requires practice. Because their first character might be Edgelord McEdge. And, you know, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, you have to practice. Because it's not only for you thinking you're role-playing well, but for your party. You sh- a good role-player should be able to feed off good role players your character isn't the main slash only character yeah you're not going to be the only you shouldn't be trying to be the only one in the spotlight the spotlight isn't on you it's on your party there'll be times where you step in front Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of focus on you but like hey maybe share that spotlight there's there's a long german word i'm forgetting that's uh you know realizing that other people are just as complex individuals as yourself yes and that, I know which word you're talking about. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I know what you, I know what you're talking about. The Germans have a word for everything, I and mean, they do it by mushing all these mushing other words just together into one big long one and yeah. getting away with it because, of course, they do. And I mean, I could say and I some, love it. I could say some random word that like, and ninety percent of people probably listening would be like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then the, the other ten percent blow your Twitter up. Oh yeah, but you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that because I don't really care to look up that long word because I use it maybe once every two or three years right so mm-hmm. uh, but, but if you want to dm that to me on twitter at the official swp go right ahead mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh you're taking your life into your own hands but also important <laughs> to remember that as your character death isn't the end yeah death that's that's a big thing a lot of people are afraid of because at the end of the day what do people fear the most it's change i'm not gonna say hi for that one yeah i'm not afraid of change change keeps things interesting and keep our bank account floating. But we're a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. But people don't... Re- I mean, I probably should say out of that one, because I'm still playing the same games I've been playing for years now. Yeah. Don't like to. But that's a, that's a big thing to remember is, you know, your character isn't meant to be there forever. Just just like, you know, Skippy, that, you know, nice dog you've had for seven years. Change is coming. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people... They will get really upset when they lose their character. Think of it as a it, new beginning for another character. Right. Because, like, for me, I liked Voss, but I needed a new character. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was happy to give up Voss. I mean, he, Voss didn't die, but I, w- I was happy because I got to go to the, uh, to the doctor. Mm. But, you know, if your character dies in a story, don't be afraid of death. Right. Like, your character should be afraid of death. No death, but, uh, you know, you as a player, see it as an opportunity that even if you die, you can always get a new character. Mm-hmm. Don't make the same character. No. and Because that would cheapen the character's death. And be mature. If the DM offers you the ability to get resurrected, deny it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't take that ex machina. No. Because it will cheapen your character's demise. Yeah. We were actually talking about this before Mike's rolled. That's one thing, like... I like me some, a lot of characters in movies, TV, whatever. But, like, and, like, I don't want them to die because I like them. But when they die, I like, 
Dead things stay dead. Yeah. The only one that I'm totally a-okay with coming back is Gandalf. And that's not because I'm a big Tolkien fan. I mean, it's a little bit, but it made sense, narratively speaking. Yeah. Gandalf's purpose in Middle-earth was not done when the Balrog ganked him. The Valar saw this, understood this, and realized that Gandalf was the only one of the five wizards still doing his fucking job. And died doing his job. Like, alright, your job isn't done, but we're gonna give you a little bit of a boost. We're gonna make you what Saruman should have been. We're gonna make you more powerful than him so you can keep doing your job, because you're the only one doing it properly now. So you need a little bit of a power boost. Yeah. Boom. Enter Gandalf the White. He comes back. Makes sense. Lore speaking. Lore speaking wise. Makes sense lore wise. And if your character has some sort of similar, like, cosmic ties that would justify the ex machina in that regard, okay. But, like... But I have one more better way. Go on. So, if if you're in that odd party, because there's a couple... I've seen DMs do this before where they don't have any PCs die. It's mm-hmm. like... It's like on God mode, you know? You're going to get resurrected at some point. They're going to find you, you know, in this dungeon or whatever. Right. Here's what you. Here's how you combat that to make it more interesting. You're you died. You, you just, come back. You're definitely changed. Right. You you have. You don't been, take a trip on the, to the other side of the veil and come back the same as you were. You know you might have been until you were resurrected in heaven for eternity, and you might this might be torment being back. Right. Or, just like I was fucking happy. I was at peace, and you brought me back like a dreadnought. <laughs> well, I, was dead. A, I was having a particularly good dream with two sisters. <sighs> anyway. Or have the f- complete opposite. Your character comes back. He's been in hell. <laughs> he is absolutely <laughs> deathly afraid of ever dying again. Yes. Because as, as he was, you know, pulled back to reality, the Grim Reaper was there. Mm. Waving his finger, waving his hand and his fingers, saying, see "I'll see you back mm-hmm. next yeah. time. Mm-hmm. It'll be permanent." Yep, yep. And you know, if you get that, you could role play that. Fucking amazing. To be even more terrified of death than you because once were. Because you, you might have, of like, you, you know, your your line was originally a couple strips of duct tape. Now it's a fucking spider's web between mm. uh, insane and snapping. Right. If things get a little bit ropey at any point, you're just like, you get maybe even paralyzed. Just like, oh, uh, but, but... Or if but. you come back from heaven, you know, you might actively try to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> kill me! Send me back! Mm. So? And that could lead the GM having rather interesting stipulations. Like, okay, you want to go back, you need to earn it. Yeah. So your character is now... Go, you can't go stepping in front of a speeding carriage or go piss off a dragon to go back. Like, you kind of have to die a worthy death to end up where you just were. Oh my god, that reminds me of All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> that, that animated movie. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with it, Jacob. Okay. <laughs> and for the listeners out there who might be too young, go and watch it. Good. I don't know if you're too young to have, remember that. You might be too young to listen to Explicit. <laughs> Uh, Listen, if they understand our jokes, it's not our fault. Yeah. But, you know, characters should be complex. Yes. Unless you're playing a very simple character, then you still can make it complex. In its own weird sort of way, yes. Like, if you're playing an individual that, you know, you decided is illiterate, roleplay the hell out of that. (laughs) Go this way. Looks at street sign. Goes the opposite way because he can't read. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's... 
I will actually reference you to just super kind of weirdly two-dimensional simplistic character mm-hmm. story that I read. Someone was playing uh, an ogre that was more senti- more intelligent by ogre standards. Party comes across them, but the ogre doesn't just outright attack. He's kind of curious, and they befriend the party. Takes liking to the dwarf because the ogre's kind of you know big and beefy yes. and whatever. And he's like, "We like dwarf, like me, but hairier and shorter." Notice the dwarf's a smith. He's like, "I like this." I want to become a smithy dwarf. I want to become a smithy dwarf, like dwarf. So he starts trying to mimic dwarf from the smithing or whatever. First, the dwarf's kind of annoyed, but he's like, "I'll teach you because you're doing it wrong and it bothers me." And you're trying. And you're trying, and it's endearing. He just wants to become a master smith like a dwarf. Tries and tries and tries. Getting better, getting better. You know, learn to fashion armor for himself and sort of for the party. Part, you know, gives gifts of this, you know, really crudely fashioned armor to the party. It's, and the it's shittier just like, than their own stats. And they're just they like, wear it, but... we'll wear it anyway because it's fucking adorable. This ogre has basically just knitted me a sweater. I'm going to wear it. Mm-hmm. Worse than this, the gear that they're finding, but they're wearing it anyway because it means because it was sentimental from the, from the ogre. Get to the you know kind of end game run here. They come to call the character Ugi. Ugi the ogre. Ugi doesn't make doesn't survive the adventure. Everyone is very sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, but he helps save the party and kill the big bad. Save the day. Save the world. But dies in the process. Very heartbreaking. Well, fast forward a little bit. And through one means or another, they get to find out what became of Ugi. Themselves in character. Yeah, they, they've been playing for so long that once one of them ascended to a minor god, mm-hmm. got to go to the afterlife. I think it was actually the dwarf in particular. Yeah. Goes to the dwarf in afterlife, because it was the dwarf who worshipped the god of the forge. Mm-hmm. Goes to the dwarf in the forge god's hall. Who is there? Ugi. At the best forge in the place. Yep. Because the dwarf god of the forge fucking loved this ogre. And he, and I think it was- Picks him up, gives him a big ass bear, and just- <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, he, for all their campaigns, he still had the same weapon Ugi made. Mm-hmm. Same one. And he, when I think he asked the forge god that he only knew of one smith that could make this weapon, like an actual minor god weapon, mm-hmm. and it was Ugi. It was Ugi. Yep. Super simplistic, two dimensional, but just like hmm. heartwarming. Heartwarming. Right in the feels. Right in the feels. So I mean, it's so like yeah, like super simplistic, two dimensional with a shitload of depth. Yeah. And super possible to do. And you know. Everything has complexity. Life is not black and white. There's a whole lot of gray. Mm-hmm. And very little black and white. <laughs> Only Sith steal in absolutes. Yep. But if you want to play a Sith Lord, go ahead. Just or you can make play sure you... a great Inquisitor. Yes. But if you're going to play a Sith Lord, make sure you have the high ground. <laughs> I trusted you. <laughs> you were the chosen one! So... That, I mean, a lot of your character you is just, it comes down to practice and having a lot to bring to the table. Yes. Even for ideas that seem very simple, you can expand on them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like the Doctor, it's very simple. You've seen it everywhere, it, mad scientist who just wants to do mad science stuff. Right. But, you know, you throw in some quirks, character flaws, you know. You want to talk character flaws that are just like, and yeah. it's okay to throw in quirks and flaws and twists. Because this one short story of a character, I'm throwing out examples because these are good examples for mm-hmm. role-playing properly. This one paladin character hated him some bugbears. 
really hated him some bugbears because bugbears had killed his family. Pals up with a dwarf who really hates him some bugbears for similar reasons. Pal around and they do some borderline genocidal shit to bugbear villages or whatever. No, sorry. Orc villages. Okay. It's not hard to hate orcs. Orcs are orcs. Thing is, Paladin never took off his helmet. Ever. Come to a du dungeon crawl at some point. Paladin falls off a cliff and is hanging by one hand. Well, his helmet falls off. Dwarf sees his buddy go over a cliff. He sees, you know, sees his gauntlet hold on. Goes and runs up and, you know, grabs the gauntlet and looks down. Helmet's off. Paladin's a half-orc. Everyone's like, motherfucking what? <laughs> Dwarf sees this. He still hates him some orcs. Let's go. Because he was in character. He hates him some orcs. No exceptions. Long live the paladin. He's like, like, just the, like, the twist, like, I was so close with this abomination. Just let's go. Both were in character. Because he hated him some orcs because, yes, some orcs killed his family whatever. But uh, some other things too, which part of his lineage. He hated part of his lineage because he wasn't pure blood human. Yeah. Wouldn't show his face in shame. Declared personal vendetta, like, blood feud against the orc kind. Found a dwarf who had a similar mindset. Had to keep his cover, though. Because this dwarf really hated him some orcs, too. <laughs> dwarf sees his buddy, he's now half-orc. Oh. I just, if that was that paladin, I'd clap. That is oh, amazing. Yeah. Perfect role-playing on both their parts. Perfect. That's how you fucking role-play, because, yeah... You want that paladin, maybe as a player, mm -hmm. it'd be cool to keep that, for lack of a better term, bromance going. But, but your dwarf would not fucking stand for it. Yeah. And, and dwarves are very hard to move. And you gotta remember, at the end of the day, like, you can you can stay in the same, I call it, like, character limbo. Mm. Where, you know, nothing changes, there's nothing bad that happens, but nothing exceptionally good, because you've already done everything. Right. Eventually... You need to get out of that bubble. You know, that bubble. You yeah. need to come to the climax and then have mm. a resolution. Mm. And that's just great storytelling 101. You know, you have you can have several climaxes, but eventually there has to be a resolution to your character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always say plan for the death of your character. Come up with ideas on how it would be awesome if your character died. Yeah. Because once you get to somewhere close to one of those, you're like, oh, I know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like the uh, the person who made that wizard um, mach uh, mach war machine character who had an iron giant ending. Yeah. All he wanted to do was become a mage. Become yep. a wizard. Wanted to learn how to fly. Spent the entire adventure progressing that particular motive. Mm -hmm. But also fighting the, you know, working towards the end of the big bad. Big bad has the party by the fucking balls. Yep. And just, have, you know, they're, you know, they think they've infiltrated Big Bad's inner circle, whatever. He's like, nah, I just want you to have the best seat in the house to watch the city burn and herald in a thousand years of darkness. Fires, Fires magic, the magic missile. missile that's going to nuke everything. Well, this Warforge, War Machine, is like, I got this. Cast one more spell. He's learned how to fly. DM doesn't make him roll. It wouldn't be right. Mm -hmm. Catches the missile and redirects it. Tell I am... Superman. Projected to the entire party. I'm like, I'm not going to make you roll that one. And everyone's just like, oh, right <laughs> in the field. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. It hurts. Mm -hmm. Childhood. <laughs> God, that movie was fucking dark, but great. I need to go back and watch Iron Giant. Vin Diesel's first big movie. Yeah, I never knew that until you told me. I was like, and you're just like, fucking what? <laughs> Look it up. No, no. Yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. damn it. Oh, yeah. 
I guarantee you, if Vin Diesel hasn't read that D and D story that's inspired by the movie, if he, but if he has, he would fucking love it because Vin Diesel's an old school D and D nerd. Yeah, like super hardcore too, like super hardcore D and D nerd, like fucking loves him some D and D. Um, but yeah, plan for the death of your character, if you if it's feasible. But again, don't be afraid of death, especially if it's out of character. Yeah, for your character to just. Heroic sacrifice, same. And if your campaign setting has a religious setting, you know, pantheon of gods, whatever, mm-hmm. that's a great way to go about it. Yeah. Because I read another story, just this party that was kind of contracted out to the local kingdom, and you know, kind of working as messengers and mercenaries up on the northern border, where there's you know, kind of the main orc stronghold of the northern border. And they haven't really, the orcs haven't really been doing much, but then they start making some rumblings, so they send out a scouting force. Form of the mercenaries. They're not going to waste the actual soldiery of the kingdom. Yeah. They're going to send these mercenaries because they've gotten the job done a couple of times before. Turns out there's a fuckload of orcs headed down the pass. They want to know in the pass. Um, they know that they could probably get the word to it, but they would only get word to it because the orc army's right behind them. Mm-hmm. So the one kind of meek guy, one kind of meek paladin, you know, not paladin, but, you know, fighter class, whatever, who's worshipping kind of the god of good mm-hmm. it's just like I'll buy you some time it was a narrow enough pass I'll buy you some time and they're like he's like everyone's like what and he's like just go go like he's like but he's like, nope there's no time just fucking go and he like pushes and he shoves one of them just for emphasis and he's like alright fine they just go because they don't have time they can hear yeah. the drums get close you know, the war drums closing in well that orc war that orc army is rather substantially delayed enough for soldiery to actually be rallied and keep to defend and live. So they go back to the pass. The body of their comrades nowhere to be seen. There's the remains of orc corpses and armor everywhere. Scores upon scores. More than he feasibly could have with his stats. Like, uh, what? They managed to capture some of the orcs from the main force and, like, they go back, you know, after they see that, it's like, what happened at the pass? Why wasn't, you know, what took you so long and why was the army so diminished? He's like, a god fought us. And they're like, what? And like, yeah. We saw a man, and he became a god. A Come again. god Come amongst again. mere mortals. And it turns out that this one party member is just like, there is no way I'm going to be able to get maybe more than four. But I feel I must try because it's the right thing to do. So he prayed to his god for the strength to hold off as long as possible by his friends in time. He knew he's like, I'm okay with dying. Just make it so that... My death buys them enough time. God's just like, done. <laughs> Dude, you're pretty brutal right now. I want to help this. He's like, done. Gives them enough power to hold off the orc army and decimate it enough to buy time and even the odds a little bit. So, wait. You could say that war is coming swiftly. The border's closing in. We're <sighs> a company of soldiers. It's just we're 40 dude. rifles strong. It wasn't 40 rifles, just one dude. All alone. Yes, he was all alone. And when they heard that story, and they found out that story through some magical means or another. Or no, it's right. They're like, what the fuck happened? Because, you know, they interrogate yeah. the work. like, God became, you know, dude became a god. So where the fuck is he? Portal opens up. There's their comrade. He's ascended the demigodhood, sitting mm-hmm. up in the god palace. He's like, so here's kind of what happened. <laughs> and like, oh, he's like, but I'm going to chill here. You guys are good. Then some really chill chicks on horses came down with wings and spears. Probably, and, and, they, and they carried me up, and it was, it was pretty dope. <clears throat> get to eat all day, get to fight. Yeah. Death ain't the end. 
new beginning. Yeah. And he, sometimes it even is the end. It was the end for that character. He's like, I, Jim's like, I could, you know, the portal is open. You can come back to the moral realm. He's like, why wouldn't my character want to come back? He's like, no, he's done his job. Like, it's closure, you know. He's done, what he, he's done his part for the mortal world. We he'll just wait He'll just wait for his friends to do theirs. When finally captured by the Axis, we'll tell them with a laugh. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, we all love Sabaton, Jacob, just not I live. I don't know. If you're deaf like I me. know too much. <laughs> I'm just deaf. Yeah. I mean, I am too, but I still know too much. Anyway. <laughs> but yes, back to good roleplay. Yeah. So, there just... And one of the best ways to practice, too, and I've said this for every fucking topic we've covered, consume media. Because if you consume media, like, it will give you better ideas. Character traits, character tropes, what have you. Yeah. Because the more you read, the more you watch, the more you experience, you can pick little things here and there to add to your tool set to do anything. Yep. And this, and this goes for all of life in general, too. Like, the more you know, the more you've experienced, the better you are at doing something when you come across it. Because knowing is half the battle. And the other half is violence. No, the other half is lasers. Red and blue. Uh, there, there's this, this picture I saw. It's like, knowing, knowledge is half the battle, kid. And the other half is violence. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, I mean, if you're in if you're in battle, which is what the scene was from. Sure, sure. Okay, I'll give you that one. Fine. I, I imagine that's how the 40k kids books are gonna go. Knowing is half the battle, kid. What's the other, and half? The other half? Gratuitous violence. And the other half is purging. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But you know, and you know, I I always take the mindset of death in a role-playing setting is from Dwarf Fortress that losing is fun. Because Dwarf Fortress, the game never ends. Mm. The only end goal of the game is to dig deeper. Do a little better each time. Like, the flowchart for Dwarf Fortress, it is fucking massive. I've but seen the, it. It's redonkulous. The last goal at the end is dig deeper mm -hmm. and continue. <clears throat> at the end, you're, when your fortress falls, the fun was the story up until that point right and i i had a teacher once and we're, we're still friends uh it was a teacher that uh he actually met his girlfriend on world of warcraft mm. got married with her mm. and is a stay-at-home dad for their kid nice yeah how wholesome and dude dude is really awesome but yeah. when i was in so high what's school he doing being friends with you <laughs> uh he's actually the one who got me into video gaming again Oh, so he is the one responsible for yeah. unleashing you. Awesome. Kind of funny. Mm. But, you know, he, he kept the Dwarf Fortress going for three quarters of a, of a semester. Just one? Just one. Wow, that's impressive. He, uh, like, one, I think one of the teachers left, and he, like, before anyone could notice, he grabbed that teacher's laptop, put it on there, and was just running it 24-7 <laughs> on that teacher's laptop. Uh, because, you know, Dwarf Fortress, it is, believe it or not, ridiculously CPU-heavy. I believe you. And RAM-heavy. So, like, that was... A lot only... of moving parts. Yeah. And the... Well, like, say there's an explosion from a vat. It'll track every bit of your dwarf, including fingers and shit like that, as the dwarf explodes. <laughs> now, magnify that to, like, 700 dwarves. Yes. 
it gets pretty slow. But he, he finally, you know, got it. He was endgame, just continuing to dig deeper, continuing to build. And you do uh, that, like, all day. Right. You know, while, like, he would, he'd, he'd, like, pause, like, uh, you know, he'd pause teaching for a second, like, pause it, <clears throat> like, go back to it on, you know, between the last periods and stuff. But, right. You know, when I asked him and he told me about Dwarf Fortress, he's like, yeah, the reason that one was so fun, because when I finally, when my kingdom finally fell, it wasn't one thing like it is generally with smaller like dwarven mines and stuff right it was a mixture you know i i just dug deep enough that i unleashed more or less the fantasy version of necrons <laughs> i the dwarves delved too greedily and too deep you know part you of my know mind one of the darkness the, one of the magma vents to heat like the fortress had you know started to leak and started to cause magma you know my soldiers were also fighting off an elven caravan that we had decided to steal from there was a lot going on yeah. with the downfall of this kingdom but you know at the end of the day that's that's a story you remember it's not you know you you'll remember that time you know a you're right jacob monster. i would totally remember the fucking apocalypse happening to my kingdom yeah i would totally remember that but you know there's there's a deep downfall yes but at the end of the day, it's it's a story on how you lost or how you finally got to the end because every good story has an end. Mm-hmm. So, give your character a good end to his story. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, he lives happily ever after, you know, moving into a cabin in the woods and, you know. Going back to that carpet store. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who went back to the carpet store, Morty. <laughs> Is. Or, you know, he could have that heroic ending. Yes. Or he might have that ending where, you know, he dies and didn't really accomplish much, which is a tragic ending. So, we are running a little bit long, but on the note of the tragic ending, I do want to tell this other story that I read. Um, Because I've gotten most of my uh, tabletop RPG feel from just living vicariously mm-hmm. through other people's adventures. I haven't been able to find a good group. But this group, I feel for them because their GM... Wanted to tell a story, and it was one of futility, because they go into this forest for some reason, and just a lot of shit happens, while they're just figuring out getting to the heart of the forest to cure it of its sickness. Well, they get there, and just one by one, dead, 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 until just the last two, one of which is, like, minutes for the world, dying, and the last one just, like, who's, you know, not negative hit points, you know, but it's still pretty low. Like, they probably could make it out of the forest again if they were super careful. But that entire campaign had lasted real-world months. Them as a player and as a character were both equally just... <sighs> so they buried their friend, sat down at the, the base of the sick tree, and just sat... And just... Done. Like, they just didn't... Like, they, you know, could have made it with hit points, but they just didn't have the... Uh, psychological fortitude yeah. to push back. They've just been so worn down. They just used their own sword as a grave marker for their friend, and they just sat down and just let time consume them. The roots of the tree just enveloped them slowly over the course like of... Like those space marines waiting for that orbital barrage to hit. Yeah, just done. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of the campaign. Like, they're all just like, that was fucking awesome. Because it was just so fucking good. Because there wasn't a happy ending. Like, they no. they accomplished the goal, sure. But everyone died. It was that gritty. Yeah. But it was a journey. 
And so has this podcast, Ben. And there's one small topic that okay. I just want to finish on. Damn it, I was so close to an awesome ending, Jacob. <laughs> Go on. Roleplay feeds off roleplay. Yes. If you want to roleplay well, you have to feed off other people. Feed off, you know, what other characters give you. Because if you feed, if you know someone who isn't roleplaying great, if you feed off their roleplay, they'll want to roleplay more. Yeah. You know, and find whatever it takes. I know, like, sometimes, um, you know, characters, they're, they're great roleplaying off others. I have other friends, you know... They need a beer before, you know, they're kind of relaxed and, you know, in that mindset of, I'm going to play with some, play some dice and beer with some friends. And right. And have a good time. Yes. But don't only role play with your friends. You know, if I, and my friends know this with me, um, I role play as my character. Mm. So, you know, sometimes I won't role play as much with a friend because, you know, I've role played with them in the past. I'll, I'll role play off the people my character would like in that universe you know like Voss liked Manolo my friend Robert right um I wasn't really role-playing with the other dude who had died in that previous session but his new character was someone the doctor could actually like so yes. I, I role-played with him a bit more and that's mm -hmm. something important to remember is you know you can't stand there role-playing by yourself you need other people to have fun right um group with synergy yeah and with tabletop gaming it's not like a single-player RPG game where you can lock yourself in your dark room in your dungeon for you know 12 hours i feel so attacked <laughs> you you, you need 12 hours it was several days okay but you know you need other people to play tabletop games yes. with 40k with fantasy with rpgs with you know sentinels of the multiverse you need other people to have fun right so have fun with other people Right, role play in response to them, but as your character i'm actually no i'm glad you brought this up because that's what i did with my last barbarian mm-hmm he kind of wandered and just kind of befriended the party because they were hanging out in the tavern where he was hanging out. But he liked that rogue a lot. Or the thief, or rogue, whatever. Because he made a good drinking buddy. Yeah. He understood fizzy cups. He understood that bar brawls can be fun. And, and you got to remember that no, like, there are very few examples of this in real life. Because humans are social creatures. So, like, no matter what character you play, if you work with someone long enough, you might never become friends with them. But like some more than others and you Hi, will Jacob. and you eventually eventually you know ha make some ties to that party if you're sitting there never making ties to that party there's never a reason to keep you in the group right but you know if you have some ties the party has a reason to keep you around mm -hmm. yeah that's why no one really batted an eyelash when that mage got needed in the groin and faced the blue dragon because <laughs> he had not been very helpful the entire fucking time yeah so I, I thought that was something that's kind of important that you need to bring up is right. to roleplay, you need others. Right. Roleplay in response to roleplaying is a good way to foster roleplay. Yeah. If you want to roleplay by yourself, grab a mirror and roll some dice by yourself. But I'm, I guarantee you'll have a lot more fun if you roleplay. RPG games in general are you get what you put into it. The more you put yes. into it, the more fun you're going to have getting out. Yeah. Now, you can't roleplay solo solo. Mm -hmm. But you can have a solo adventure with a GM. Yeah. Now, we'll, we will end on this because I don't know if I've told this story on a podcast before, but it's worth telling again. There's someone who's doing a, a solo RP. Mm -hmm. They want to do kind of an interesting take because, you know, just this one GM is like, I'm looking to take someone on a solo adventure. Um, he's like, I'm in. Uh, I got an interesting idea, though. And he's like, all right, go on. He's like, I want to be a necromancer. He's like, okay. But I'm going to use it. Not, I'm not going to 
strive for evil. I'm going to be a good necromancer. He's like, right, you're going to have to explain this one. Like, no, I'm going to use necromancy to teach people to better their, better their lives. Not through evil means. And he's like, uh-huh. He's like, so you know all these impoverished towns that these that lots of worlds have? He's like, yeah. And he's like, I will teach them to make use of their deceased to improve their quality of life, to work the fields and just do the menial tasks to improve the quality of life and turn it from these, like, poverty-stricken little townlets into bustling centers of trade and, um... Economy. Economy, you know, like that. And Jim's like, done. Goes on this whole adventure where he goes throughout yeah. the land and, you know, teaching all these little poverty-stricken villages to raise the dead and put them to work in the fields and working the mines or whatever and improves the quality of life across whole swaths of different kingdoms. And, you know, extends his life on naturally a little bit, but never goes full lich. Mm -hmm. Never goes, you know, full immortal, because he's just like, eh, you know, that not my thing you know i want to be able to retire so you know, he's like kind of nearing the end of his you know you know slightly extended but natural life he's like all right i'm gonna take a look back at all the good things that i've done look back at the villagers torched peasants dead the ones who haven't enslaved or imprisoned he's like motherfucking what all the acolytes in the schools that he taught for using necromancy responsibly torched students and teachers all dead fucking what he looks for the source of it a party we're outside of his door they kick it down. He's like, we finally have you. We finally tracked you down, you evil necromancer. He's like, do you understand what you've done? He's like, uh, what? He's like, yeah. Uh, I'm not ascending to lichdom here. I'm like on death's door here. He's like, well, yeah, you're necromancing. No, 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 I'm dying. Like, I'm old. I'm really old. But I tried, but I used my life to do good. If you'd paid attention to those towns you were torching, the schools you were burning, and everything like that, you would have seen that they weren't using necromancy for evil, they used it to improve the quality of life. Let me show you. And he shows the versions of the mm -hmm. towns that had been before he came along. He's like, this is what those towns were before I showed up and taught them the ways of necromancy to use responsibly. This is what they became when you showed up, before you showed up. Bustling, thriving, good places. And here's what they are now. Ghost town. All dead because of what you did. I'm not the villain here. All of you are. You're expecting a fight? You will not have one. I don't have the strength nor inclination to indulge your misguided fantasies of goodness. You are the villains here. And dies. And the party's just like, oh, but... And he crumbles into dust. No, like, not just dies. Just uses the last breath, just, you are the villains, not me. You're the <laughs> monsters, not me. And just, uh, done. And the party's just like, oh, what? And the GM's just like, and scene for all of you. And he's like, hey, Mechanomancy buddy, um, so you've actually kind of been the main big bad for this other campaign about running for a group of people, and you've been the best fucking villain I could have ever asked for. I could never have made a better villain than you because you completely turned the uh, party mindset of moral goodness completely on its head and really fucked with those players. Thank you so fucking much. He's like, you're welcome. He's like, awesome. Because I apparently genuinely did fuck with them, just like, guys, are... Are we really the baddies? And the GM's just like, oh no, you are super the baddies. Like, you committed like, a vast amount of genocide in pursuit of this of this evil lich. You got, you are, are super we the, the baddies. baddies. Yeah, no, they were. And we there's like skulls on our cap. Are we, are, we, are, we, are we the baddies? And they totally were. Yep. And the GM's just like, that was fucking awesome. And that is how you fucking role play. Yeah. So. We'll delve into it more, though. Oh, yeah. As time goes on. Because again, we're only this is a broad topic that has topic. a lot of 
different different facets and all that sort of thing um but on that note if you have any other additional input on how to on your experience with role playing you know good tips and what's worked for you what hasn't worked things you've liked things you've not liked head on over to our facebook shield wall productions on facebook.com and enlighten us share with us share with your fellow shield bearers also hit us up on twitter at the official swp where you can shoot the shit and talk with me or if you want to you know add any input to this conversation i'm more than happy to do, uh, listen to that and yeah we want to hear from you guys on yeah. what on your thoughts on the on this running topic that we got going here on general nerd sense because we want to engage with you and wherever you're listening to us too be it itunes soundcloud stitcher tune in podcast wherever don't forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already and until next time shield bearers we shall catch you later goodbye <laughs>